Hi, how are you doing? If the weather's as lovely when you're watching this as it was when I was writing this or recording this, I hope you're able to get out and enjoy some of the sunshine. It looks like these reflections are coming along like London buses, none for ages, and then two come along at once, causing Siggy to have such great excitement. As I said in the last one, the readings, this covers, you may have read a few weeks ago, or you may still be around this point, not even reached up this point. But I still pray that this might have something to say to where we're at today. Our Old Testament readings throughout the period are taken from the book of Deuteronomy and the New Testament stuff from Luke. Something that bugs me in television shows and the like is when people claim they don't know the answer to a question because it's something that happened before they were born. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, it is a history question. Or maybe I'm just getting grumpy because they're making me feel old or I'm still struggling to come to terms with how long ago the 1990s were. Deuteronomy literally means second law or repeated law. It consists of a series of sermons delivered by Moses to the people of Israel just before he dies and before they cross the Jordan under the leadership of Joshua. He retells them much of the story of how they got there. He repeats a lot of the lessons they are supposed to have learned. He repeats the Ten Commandments and in general issues a call to remember the Lord when Moses is gone and they have entered the Promised Land. To remember God and all that he's commanded them. He doesn't want them to have the excuse that all of this happened before they were born. He knows that there are only two people who left Egypt who will enter the Promised Land, Joshua and Caleb. He wants the people who are left many of whom have never experienced any of this stuff to remember their story and their god if they don't remember the mistakes of their ancestors they're doomed to repeat them spoiler alert they still do repeat them i must admit deuteronomy is not a book we turn to that much but it appears to have been a favourite of Jesus. At the start of his ministry, when after his baptism, the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness uh, by the sp uh, for the temptations with the devil, Deuteronomy is the book Jesus has on his mind. It, the three responses he makes in the face of temptation are lifted from Deuteronomy. When Jesus gets into discussions with Pharisees about divorce, he begins by saying, well, what does Moses tell you? And the response they give and the response around which he bases his response, it, it's taken from Deuteronomy. Or above all, when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He doesn't turn to Exodus, but he first turns to Deuteronomy. We read this on Deuteronomy 6 and day 97. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Yeah, those who have been around HBC for a long time might remember reciting that every week for a few months, way back in 2014. It's quite scary how long ago that is as well, never mind the 1990s. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He then adds, love your neighbour as yourself, which is from Leviticus. 
Like a drumbeat running through Deuteronomy is this call to remember the laws God has given them. Fear the Lord your God by keeping all his decrees and commands. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, it be careful to follow every command I am giving you today. What does the Lord require of you? Walk in obedience to him. Observe the Lord's commands. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws and his commands always. I could go on. There is at least one reference every day in this section. More than one quite a few times. And God gave us law for their good. But law can be a pretty blunt instrument. We saw that bit in the last section when the daughters of Salophahad, easy to say, brought their case to Moses. If the letter of the law was followed, they would be left destitute. And surely that could never have been God's intention when they received the law. And so Moses has to work with the law and revise it. And we see this even in our own day. What seems to be quite a simple law when you get down to it, consider sins. But what if this happens? Or what if that person's affected? Law doesn't always guarantee the best outcome. Just like giving Siggy a chew toy doesn't always guarantee that it's going to be much quieter than if you give it a squeaky one. But law doesn't always guarantee the best outcome. We see something of this earlier in the debate I mentioned between Jesus and the Pharisees. Yes, there was a law, but it wasn't the ideal. Legality isn't necessarily a guarantee of morality. And like many things, law can be a great servant, but a terrible master. And we find this a lot in the Gospels. And we see it in some of the passages we read from Luke this, in this section. Jesus is criticised the Pharisees because they're so careful about tithing. But they neglect justice and love of God. They, they reject love of God and neighbour. Jesus heals a woman and is criticised for doing it on the Sabbath. Jesus is criticised for welcoming tax collectors and sinners and eating with them. Actually, in some ways, we can be quite grateful they got that one wrong because it gave Jesus the opportunity to tell one of the greatest stories he ever told in the story of the lost sons and the forgiving father. But nonetheless, we could see that these people had law in their minds, but it didn't necessarily make them better people. It didn't make them loving people. Law was a cold, blunt tool or instrument and law so easily takes us to the bare minimum we need to stay on the right side of it it leads to how far can I go before I've gone too far before I've crossed the line before I've broken the law And that's why it's important to remember that the greatest commandments are about love for God and for neighbour. Get those right and the rest falls into place. Love isn't asking those questions. Love truly seeks what is truly good, true and right for others. That's not necessarily the softest option, but sometimes that can be tough. But it's still seeking the right thing from a good and loving place. Love is designed to make others thrive.
I don't believe that God gave Israel the law because he wanted to boss them about. I believe he was offering them a truly better way to live. And I believe the way Jesus calls us to live is better still. I'm not a Christian because of what God will do to me if I'm not. I'm a Christian because I truly believe that Jesus calls us to be a, to a better way to live. Not easy, but better. And it's not always easy to know the right thing to do in every situation. But if we do it with the love of God and others at the forefront of all we do, we won't go far wrong. You know, the word is really important. But what's more important is the word inside the word. And that is love. Let's pray. Help us, Lord, to follow you, knowing that your plans and purposes are good, even if following them is not always easy. Help us, Lord, above all, to love you with our heart, soul and strength and to love our neighbours as ourselves, trusting that you will take care of the rest. Amen.